Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. My name is Sarah Hanchar, and I'm your happy host. Hello! My guest today is Tiffany Hitt. She works at the Pike Place Market Foundation, uh, which is right in the Pike Place Market in Seattle. I'm sure you know it. You've seen pictures of it. You've heard of the fish throwers and the flowers and all the wonderful artists that work there and, and thrive there. It's more than just that, though. There's an incredible community and I'm very excited to share this episode with you because Tiffany is passionate about the market and she knows oodles about it. Stick around to the very end for one of the craziest stories I've ever heard in my life. I'm super jazzed about it. Also, if you happen to be in the Seattle area, I'm in Unexpected Productions, a version of an improvised Christmas carol. It's the traditional Christmas carol, except that we improvise a whole lot. So if you're in the area, I encourage you to come on down and see it. It's a great show. It sells on all the time and it's it's really fun. I think you'll really like it. So you can check that out at unexpectedproductions.org and improvised Christmas Carol. As always, I'm looking for those rate reviews, subscribes, and shares. Those things are unbelievably helpful. And for those of you who have done it already, I am in- internally, internally, and eternally grateful for your for your help with that. That means the world to me. I'm I'm so uh, honored that you would take the time to do that. If you are interested in doing that, head on over to iTunes. Give me five stars and a rating. Uh, you'll get yourself an episode shout out. Ooh, speaking of episode shout outs, you will get one if you become a patron. If you head on over to patreon.com slash I think you're nice, you can become a patron of this podcast. What does that mean exactly? That means that website uh, through your contributions will come to me and that way I can focus more on this podcast, harness my energy towards this podcast and keep this project going. There are all sorts of wonderful little goodies that you get if you become a patron. For $2 a month, you get all of the outtakes. You can episode shout out and my never ending love and a sticker. That's right. Shout out episode outtakes, and a sticker, and love. What? Who could ask for anything more? I am grateful for all of my patrons. Thank you so much for those who are already my patrons. Your support means the world to me and is truly, deeply, extremely helpful for this project so I can keep focusing on it and keep the niceness going. And if you just can't get enough, which I don't blame you, I know I can't get enough, you can follow me on Instagram, I think you're nice, Facebook, I think you're nice, and Twitter, I think you're nice. Come find me there. I tweet occasionally. I post pictures on Instagram and I post all sorts of things on Facebook. So join my group there and see what's going on. You can also email me directly at sarah at ithinkyournice.com. S-A-R-A-H at ithinkyournice.com. You can find me there. Send me what's going on. What are you thinking about? What's nice? What are you looking forward to uh, in this December? Lots of nice things happening, I hope. I hope so. You can also just head on over to ithinkyournice.com and there's a little contact section there and you can get in touch with me that way. Okay, let's jump into this episode all about Pike Place Market. You're gonna love it. It's super fun, super fascinating, and Tiffany is an outstanding guest. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a beautiful day. Bye! Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Do-do-do-do-do. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice, a podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. My name is Sarah Hanchar. I'm your host, and today I'm with Tiffany Hitt, and she is the, I'm definitely not looking at a card, special events manager at Pike Place Market here in Seattle, Washington. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming over. My pleasure. Yay. Uh, Tiffany and I I work together at um, Unexpected Productions where we improvise. And at just about every party, Tiffany's like, I want to talk about Pie Place Market because you (laughs) love it. I do. You love it so much. I do. And I'm like, yes, because that's super interesting. And um, I have my own questions about it. And so we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yay! There's a lot to talk about. Uh, what does a special events manager do? That's a great question. Well, I work for the Pike Place Market Foundation. Well, the foundation, which is the nonprofit organization that supports the community of Pike Place Market. So for the foundation, I do fundraising events essentially. So I'm the, the events special events manager. We have big fundraisers every year, like Sunset Supper, which celebrates the anniversary of the starting of the market, which oh, we'll talk about. I yeah, assume. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's just a huge party every year in the middle of August, where we bring in over a hundred of Seattle's best restaurants, wineries, breweries, distilleries. We have two stages with live music. There's games. Um, and it all raises money basically to help the community. So not everybody necessarily knows that Pike Place Market's more than just fish and flowers and shopping, but there's actually a community of people that live and work in the market and um, low-income seniors that live right there in the market too. And uh, we have a bunch of su- services that we support, like access to food and healthcare and housing and education and stuff like that. So not everybody knows all that that deep <laughs> background. So um Basically, lots of fundraisers that I manage and then yeah. smaller events within the market and outreach and stuff like that. So lots of planning, lots yeah. of parties. Luckily, I'm kind of a party girl. So You are real good at parties. I'm a real good good at parties. You're good yeah. at being at them. You're good at throwing them. Yes. You're good at uh, just going to them. Yeah. Like, you're a good party person. It's almost person. like I have a major in party. I did go to Washington <laughs> State University, so I kind of have a major in it. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I changed my I was working in tech for a long time. Oh, about really? 10 years. Yeah, I worked at Disney and Amazon and was doing like analytics and stuff Do like I that. Do I even know, Do you you know me? Disney? I don't even know yeah, you. So I, I didn't have, know you were in tech. Yeah, I was doing digital advertising um for a long time doing like analytics and stuff like that and yeah. I spent one year at Amazon. I say one year, it was like 13 months. I basically stayed only mm-hmm. as long as I had to to yeah. get my compensation. And then I decided to change careers. And my first instinct was to go into event planning because I, I was, I'm was i always been a natural event planner. You yeah. know, I'd like to throw parties and stuff like that. And then just like anything, I was like, oh, no, that's too easy. That's too obvious. Let me think about all of the other things <laughs> that maybe I should do that don't come as naturally. And then it took me about a year and a half to go like, you know, I really – I should do what I'm good at, which is throwing parties. And so – um. Yeah, started my career in event management. Slowly, I was an intern actually at the Pike Place Market Foundation okay. for classic a few move. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the middle of my thirties, I'm like, yes, I'll be an intern, work for free. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a very humbling experience, but um, it was great, and it led me to where I am today. So. Wow. Yeah. What a journey. A very big uh, journey. Yeah. It was Listeners. quite a metamorphosis. <laughs> 
I've known you for four years. <laughs> I've learned more about you that right now. I guess we usually talk show and yeah, like talk yeah. party Our business. Party. Our, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, and it's so rewarding too to do something not only that I love to do throwing events um but also for a good cause right it is hard to find lines of work where you're like enriched as a person and you feel confident and happy with what your influence is doing right so because it's like we only have so many days hours years on this earth and like well do you want to leave it a better place or a worse place than when you got here and fingers crossed (laughs) yeah i mean through and i think that doing improv too it's like you're creating experiences for people you're creating moments of laughter yeah you know that i think that's helping so i'm glad that you're working with uh the market it's called the pike place market foundation yes is the thing itself yes um i also had no idea that of the outreach and the amount of services and help that you offer Folks who live there yeah. also didn't know that folks lived there. Oh, yeah. How many people live around the market? There are 500 units of housing up above the market. So when it, next time you're in the market, uh-huh. look up and there's windows and there's apartments. And 80% of the residents are low-income seniors okay. on subsidized um, or controlled income. Okay. So when you're in the market and you see a lot of older folks, uh-huh. it's not just that they're like... Coming down to shop, they live there. Yeah. Um, And it's actually a part of the charter of the market, um, which was not only is it to provide food and um, producer to consumer um, market type stuff, but it's also it was very important to the founders of the market that they take care of each other. Um, So that providing (laughs) housing for people, many of them are crafters who have sold things in the market for 30 years or have worked in different stores. Um, many are people who are formerly homeless okay. um, seniors because it's a subsidized um, housing situation. Yeah. So many had been homeless for years and then get housing for the first time. And it's a, oh, an awesome apartment above Pike Place Market. <laughs> it is so. the coolest place to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, oh, that makes me actively weep. Uh <laughs> So we can take care of each other. Can that be in everyone's charter? Yes. <laughs> I think it should. Help each other. Help each other. Help each other because out. Just can. build it into your model. Like not only are you going to do great business and and be authentic, but while you're at it, help people, right? It's yeah. not hard. While you're in the neighborhood, yeah. let's make sure that people have someplace safe to live yeah. and food to eat and you know, splurge. Let's go to a doctor every now and again. Yeah, go yeah. nuts. There's a healthcare clinic, neighbor care, which is also so cool. um, for low-income folks offering free or reduced um, healthcare. Tiffany, I didn't think cool, it was right? possible for me to love the market more, and now I do. Good. Yay. Good. The first time I went to the market was sort of by accident, and I just wandered to and fro, and then I found the market, this like beautiful breathing beast of everything that I love. Mm-hmm. You've got flowers, you've got fish flying, you've got these amazing vendors and art and it's local and it's right there. And food. The food. The best food. The I best just, bakeries. The be- like Everything is just amazing there. Yeah. Yeah. Poroshki, Poroshki. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, f- I found that place due to smell. Yes. Um, it's, uh, I'm Russian heritage, Ukrainian heritage. Oh. So I smelled it in the air. I'm like, Grandma, grandpapa, <laughs> like it was genuinely a, a an oral. What's is that nose? Uh, 
uh, a nose, <laughs> a nose <laughs> memory. Aural? That's ears. An aural memory? A nose memory. A smell-based mm-hmm. memory. Mm-hmm. And I saw this huge line. I said, are you guys waiting in line for that smell? Then they all nodded emphatically. And then they, I had something with like cabbage and carrots and onions. And it was oh, amazing. So good. So good. So good. And it's uh, an insider trick. Yes, we do see a long line at Proshki, uh-huh. Proshki and Pike Place Chowder and a lot of places. But when you go in the off season, in the fall and winter, there's no line. There's no line. There's no line. And they still have the same delicious things And to it's eat. almost even better because it's like chilly out and then you get that hot piroshki and it's steaming when you bite into it. <sighs> it's real good. We're going to end the interview and we're just going to go get some piroshki. Yes. It's closed currently, but... <laughs> We'll go wait in line. Yeah. And they have the chowder place. And you were mentioning a bakery. Oh, yes. Le Panier is my favorite. Um, They have amazing pastries and croissants. And Ooh, croissants and all that good stuff. But my favorite is their little puff pastries with savory goodness inside. So they have I'm like unfamiliar. the most buttery, flaky, of course, puff pastry. And yeah. then inside there's different... Fillings like, um, I really like the broccoli one, and there's a spinach, and then like a chicken and mushroom, and a bacon and caramelized onion, ham and cheese. It's all amazing, and it's just flaky, and like, you take your finger and you rub it on the paper, because you're not letting any of those flakes go to waste. You lick your finger, and hope that, you know... That you got everything. <laughs> yeah, I won't judge. I'm there yeah. for it. And they're they're like the perfect size where you you just order one, but you really want to. Yeah, you want to. <laughs> <laughs> so you do all these amazing things at this amazing place. Um. Mm-hmm. So where? How did the market begin? Tell us. Tell I'm us a story. So glad you asked. <laughs> um. Well, brief history. Seattle yeah. in the late 1800s was booming. Uh, People were moving there rapidly. Seattle up until that point had been a big town where people stopped to go up north to Alaska on the Klondike Gold Rush and all of that. So it was kind of like a a visiting town for a long time, but then it started to grow and grow and it was growing pretty rapidly. And um, so there were lots of farmers who were growing produce and um, working really hard because to be a farmer is a lot of work. You got to wake up early. You got to grow things. You got to cut things. You got to pick things. Time commitment. This is like a years, years and years commitment to a place. Yes. And lots of families who are are farmers for, for many generations. Well, they were selling their produce to a rapidly growing population Mm. and these commissioners, they were called, uh, said, hey, farmers, we, we will buy your stuff and uh, for cheap and we'll sell it to the consumer. So they started buying all of the produce and then selling it to the consumers down on Western Avenue. There was a place called like um, Grocery Row or something like that. And they, when they were selling it to the consumer, they would jack up the price, Boo. like super steep. So they were shady, right? They were... They were being bad to the farmers, being bad to the consumers, being greedy for themselves, right? Yeah. So it's becoming a problem. In one year, the price of onions went from 10 cents a pound to a dollar a pound, <gasps> which is the equivalent of like $24 a pound nowadays. And, <laughs> yeah. and the joke is like, well, you might pay that at Whole Foods, but that's your choice nowadays. <laughs> you know, like some people will pay for but when you don't have an option, it became a big hardship for the people living in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and so 
there was an ordinance put out in place that there could be a market day, and they set up um, a market one day on August 17th, 1907, mm-hmm. and word got out that they were going to be having some farmer carts um, right where the info booth is in the Pike Place Market. Oh, okay. And so just only 10 farmers showed up because they had been kind of threatened by these commissioners and were worried about boycotting, and it was very kind of a controversial thing because they were basically saying, screw you, commissioners, we're going to do our own thing. Um, so 10 farmers showed up and like a, about 10 the reports are like anywhere from 2,000 to 10,000 people were there. They weren't counting. Um, oceans of people. Oceans of people. There's a photo um, of it that you can find. And they sold out in like two hours. And the, the tale is that there was one farmer who was like cowering underneath his cart and just like, take, <laughs> throw your money in the basket. And, and um, so the Seattle Times ran a big photo on it the next day and said, the market was a clamorous fiasco, is what they said, but it was like, okay, we're on to something, right? So the idea behind it was to sell directly to the consumer. Yeah. So above the main sign of the market, it says, meet the producer. It and sure does. It sure does. And so that's kind of the catchphrase, which is taking out the middleman and having the farmers sell directly to the consumers, which still happens today. So everything that you um, buy in Pike Place Market and any of those, the stalls, we call them, mm-hmm. um, the farmers and and the crafters and um, people making things, basically it's always made and sold directly from the person who's producing it. So the flowers, um, the people who are selling you the flowers are oftentimes the people who are cutting the flowers in the morning. Really? They, it's a whole family um process and uh so it's really basically that kind of direct um sale which is kind of great so um they knew they were onto something and they really quickly built what we call the arcade so that's that main the main covered yeah area where you can walk through and where all the flowers and the fish and um the nut guy yeah that's where the nut guy is and so that was built later on that year in 1907 and it's been that way ever since um so that original wood um structure tables yeah like the tables the the tilted tables Mm -hmm. those are all from 1907 yeah what yep so it became you know more and more popular and it's 112 years old yes right math thank you i'm trying it's 112 (laughs) yeah yeah so the the market the facade has changed a bit over the years. Like in the 80s, um, the tiles came in. So before there was just wood and mm. um, dirt on the ground. <laughs> so it was like, got real leaky down to the stores below. Oh. <laughs> like water would seep through. And so actually the Pike Place Market Foundation, we've, the nonprofit that I work for has been around since the early 80s. And oh, cool. in like 1985, they did this tile campaign. So they basically were like, we need to tile the market we don't have the money to do it. Let's have the community participate Uh in that so they could purchase those tiles for $35. Okay. And they sold, I think, over 48,000 of them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So basically the people helped the market by buying these tiles. And so it's still kind of a thing that we do um, still to this day, like having your name in Pike Place Market is a really cool thing. So, um even with the new expansion that we built last year, there's this beautiful new area of the market. The first time that the market expanded in over 40 years, wow. we built this new area called the Market Front. And 
it's the same thing. Donors, community members, organizations contributing money and then having their name in the market either on these little charms hangling, mm-hmm. dangling from the fence or like there's a fish wall for um, with these ceramic fish with people's names on them. For Those are $10,000 and above donations. So. I haven't seen the oh, fish. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've yeah. seen the – are they near the dingle danglies? Yep. Okay. Yep, they're just kind of under the, the silos where the beer is made for the Old Stove Brewery. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I just haven't seen the names on them because I it is really beautiful. It is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. The expansion looks – Gorgeous. Yes. Going into the market, there are three magical elevators that mm-hmm. could take you anywhere oh. at any time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Willy Wonka. Yeah. You don't exactly know where you parked or where you're <laughs> headed, but you're always glad wherever you are. You know, that's interesting um, that you bring that up because um, uh-huh. when we were building the new part of the market, mm-hmm. There, of course, were all of these consultants and different organiz- uh, businesses that were coming in to say, like, let us help you build it. And um, one of the things that they thought about is, well, how do we make signs? Or how do we mm. let people know where this new place is? And so companies that specialize in, like, airports and malls were like, hey, we'll come in. We'll do your signage, you know, easy direction with bathroom signs and all of that. Yeah. And the people in charge said, no, we don't want that. Because the market is about discovery. We want people to get lost. And mm-hmm. um, that's I amazing. Thought, isn't that interesting? I love yeah. that. They do pretty clearly show you where the bathrooms are. I will say that. Yes. There are restroom signs. So yes. if you're panicked that you're not going to be able to find the bathroom, you will. Yes. There, but otherwise, it is sort of you're on your own, but it's a joy. It is a joy. Um, and what many people might not know, too, is that it is very protected by a historic preservation association. Oh. So um, everything that is in the market, every sign, every paint color, every single detail is um, overseen by this historic um, commission. Wow. And so the idea is that um, when the market was saved in mm-hmm. the 70s, which we can talk about if you'd like. Yeah. Um, It was basically like, okay, we are preserving this as a historic landmark, and everything that we do will be dedicated to preserving that history. So what's really neat about Pike Place Market is that the way that it is now is probably the way that it will always be, and that's by design Amazing um, to preserve that that history and that experience. So the neon, there's a lot of neon. There is a lot of neon, yeah. <laughs> which which I can't imagine was a part of the original charter. Is of like all this neon. <laughs> so yeah. so when did the neon get there? Was that part of like the the big re- resurrection? Not yeah. resurrection, but like the remodel, save um, the market. I think kind the of thing? neon came in in like the 30s or 40s. Yes. Yes. So the big Pike Place Market sign, the main sign, the clock sign, we call it, because there's a clock on there. Mm -hmm. Um, We purchased that from a a company in San Francisco made it. And it was like the biggest neon sign on the West Coast for a long, long time. Oh, cool. And so, um, yeah, it is part of the history. In the 30s and 40s, the neon was built out and it's held on. So that sign is original. It's been repaired and things like that. But it's the original sign from the 30s, 40s. It's very iconic. yeah. I can't think of a single uh, <laughs> post about Pike Place Market on Instagram that doesn't involve right? one of those signs. Yeah. The, uh, if, if you folks, I'm going to, listeners, I'm going to put it on Instagram. And plus, if you just Google Pike Place Market, you'll see the sign. Yes. It's um, beautiful. Yeah. You'll see it. And it's, it's really, it really is striking, even mm-hmm. in the daytime. And when it's like, even when it's like wintertime and it's a little bit gloomy and gray and you have this big like wah, 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 mm-hmm. wah. Um, 
It's very photogenic. It's extremely <laughs> photogenic. And so are the Instagrammers. It has been quite a change in, in um, clientele. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, it's actually kind of an, a little bit of an issue, actually, for oh, the market really? right now that we there's 14 million, actually 15 million now, I heard, Holy visitors crap. per year. Um, and as it continues to grow visitor-wise, it doesn't always translate to more shoppers. Oh, no. So people are going to the market and taking pictures. <gasps> and now there's even um, – I saw a sign by one of the flower vendors that was like, no selfies with bouquets unless you buy it. And they had a picture of a girl taking a selfie, like, with a red line drawn through, through it because, I mean, that's them – that's their money. Yeah, and it, and it's using their property, but without giving them the compensation that they deserve because they work yeah. hard to grow those flowers, bring and them the, in. And the bouquets are built so beautifully. And they're so beautiful. And they're so cheap. It's five bucks. Five, ten, ten bucks. And for 20, you can get a huge bouquet full of lilies and something peonies you could get for your and, wedding. Oh, like you could probably fund an entire wedding's worth of flowers for mm-hmm. maybe. 150 bucks definitely and you're all your tables and your bouquet and, and gorgeous gorgeous yes and so and super seasonal as yeah. well so like it, we're getting now into the cabbage like attractive cabbage time of year <laughs> yes. which you wouldn't think you're gonna think i'm crazy but like they're beautiful cabbages the autumnal bouquets with the dahlias too yes. i love it the reds and purples and oranges and yellows yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, and then a little cabbage stuck in the middle. So, <laughs> of course, get a cabbage in there. Yeah. Always. It's a market. It's a market. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an excellent point. So if you visit the market, please help the farmers there. You Trust me, you want to eat that peach. You'll want to mm-hmm. eat that chowder. You're going to want to eat and everything ask them, that's there. Say, give me what's best right now. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, trust me, you want to try these nectarines. Or, oh, like, yeah. these sugar snap peas are the best things you'll that you'll ever eat. You know, so they know what's seasonal and they know what's good. You can, I've never asked. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, good note. That's just a good note in general. Like if you go to a place, make a special voyage there, and you're going to use it for all of your social media, social, uh, what is it, influencer stuff, mm-hmm. hey, man. Give back by buying something or, you know, because yeah. they are small businesses. They are small business owners and they, re- you know, they rely on, on shoppers and yeah. to use that content, to use that art and that beauty without compensating for it absolutely yeah i think that's very fair yeah and uh last year and the year before i did my level best to do all of my holiday shopping at the market and then wonderful and then some little places in like fremont and ballard yeah but like little places i've done the same where i'm definitely trying to do small business buying as much as i can because you know yeah it's us helping each other out right the theme (laughs) of this whole thing right If you're going to do something, why don't you do it in a way that helps somebody? Yeah, help your neighbor. And again, you get something great out of it. So it's not just like... a story and an experience and an amazing day. Yeah. Yep. Well, so it's so nice to work in the market because, you know, when I was growing up, I loved coming up. It was like my favorite thing to do. And 
if I, if I got to go to a restaurant for dinner, I would go to the Pink Door, which is an amazing yes. Italian restaurant in the middle, tucked away um, behind this Pink Door. And I always would dream about living in the market. And I would look up at those window boxes uh-huh. of what I didn't realize at the time was that low-income senior housing. But I would dream about living there. And yeah. so I joke now that I basically do because I have my day job there and my night job there. So I sometimes <laughs> feel like I live there. Um, at this point, I'm glad that I can go outside Elsewhere. of the market because yeah. I spent so many hours there. But it is really kind of fulfilling that childhood dream too, which is That's so great. Cool. Yay. Yeah. yeah. High five yourself <laughs> from from the past. Yeah. Um, uh, I got a soft talk at topic because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, what about what happened in the seventies? I'm so glad you asked. So <laughs> the market was growing and um, popularity, and then brief doom and gloom history. World War II happened. Bummer. So that's not the seventies though. That was no, but okay. how we got there. Okay, if, right. If I'm you with you. Hear that. Yeah, um, I do. I do want to so hear that. So World War II happened, and uh, about four fifths of all of the farmers in the market were Japanese Americans. And oh, no. when the ordinance was um, put out there that Japanese Americans had to unfortunately be contained in certain areas, oh, the market no. was basically. A, De- a dead desert zone. town. Yeah, it yeah. was a cemetery. There was nothing really happening. Oh, no. um, and it was really desolate for quite some time. And yeah. um, it was still functioning, but in the 50s is when suburbs started developing. Yes. And uh, in-home iceboxes and refrigeration and supermarkets. So people were no longer going to the farmer's market for their stuff every day, like they had for many, many years. And um, so it was, again, really struggling. And so uh, in the early 60s, the city of Seattle said, we're going to tear down Pike Place Market. (gasps) We're going to tear it down. We're going to build a hockey arena, a hotel, and a parking garage. How dare you? Right? How dare you? Right? Mm-mm. So, luckily, there were some individuals. Uh, Victor Steinbrook basically started this group called the Friends of the Market. Okay. And this organization fought for 10 years to save the market. Wow. 10 years to finally get the city to declare it a historic landmark. And um, it's very reminiscent of things that are happening in Seattle today, like yeah. saving the show box and different theaters and buildings that are threatened to be torn down for n- new business, new development. Yeah. Um, and the struggle is not new. Um, so they had to fight hard for 10 years. And then finally, um, it was declared a national um, historic landmark, which means that it cannot change its function, its um, uh, aesthetic mm-hmm. and various other kind of things that they can't change so it's preserved now yeah it is the only outdoor market in the united states that is a historic landmark cool Um, so that's kind of cool history of of the market so um it was saved in the 70s and then that's when finally um things started happening to say like well what do we want this market to truly be and when the official charter was actually defined was in the 70s and it took the original ideas of the producer to consumer aspect, um, that things must be sold directly, um, and then helping each other out. Because one of the original founders of the market, Joe Desimoni, he mm-hmm. was a Italian farmer, immigrant that had come over and he developed this really great kind of sense of community, like I help you out, you help me out. And so um, that uh, f- that mission or that value 
was placed in the market. And then that's why the Pike Place Market Foundation was developed, which is like, okay, we need an organization here to oversee this, to make sure that our um, food bank and senior center mm-hmm. and healthcare clinic and, and preschool and all of those things can continue to thrive so that we can help each other out. Um, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> who, who knew? You did. And lots of other folks. But you're here telling me. Yeah. And I'm so glad. Good. I... It just it reminded me of. Do you ever watch, watch Parks and Recreation by any chance? Not so. Um, no. There's a character Leslie Nope who works really hard to reclaim. There's a pit, a horrible pit. Oh, okay. I and heard all that. she wants yeah. to do is get that pit filled in and turn it into a park and have it be a lovely park for the community. Um, and so I just imagine these folks being like Leslie Nope's, all like, "We're doing it. We're mm-hmm. doing it. We're doing it." Ten years later, we're doing it. <laughs> so I <laughs> and think to not give impor- up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an important lesson. There is that it cannot and will not happen quickly, and so you've got to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. But it can happen. And there is still the friends of the market still exist. They're a nonprofit oh, yeah? organization. Awesome. They're small and mighty, and many of them are the original oh, um, protesters and the people. Oh, I said it like <laughs> that. <laughs> oh geez, the oh geez. And uh, so actually, we're nearing the fifty anniversary of the Save the Market um, uh, effort. So there's actually a big um, uh, project right now underway, which is, well, how do we make sure that we get these stories? Because people are aging, right? And we're starting to lose some of them. And so to make sure that we have that history really preserved and and all that. And it's inspiring, you know, for anyone to say, like, I believe in something so much, I'm going to spend 10 years Working hard for it. Working hard because I believe in it. And then to see it work is pretty inspiring. It is. Yeah. One of my questions was, like, how has it changed in over the years? And so it sounds like it it did – it was really popular. Sadly, the war happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of of that awfulness happened. And then it was resurrected a bit. So since, like, the 70s-ish, it hasn't changed – Except for the expansions, like the only thing that's really changed? Slowly and surely, it's just grown more and more popular, more and more busy, um, Mm -hmm. more businesses moving in. But not so much that it's, you know, what's there is there. So um, the expansion with the market front, it was the first one in 40 years, and it really just went over a a parking lot um, that there had been a bridge there that burned down in the 70s. That's where those doors went. Yeah. I've always oh, ha- yes, yes. Uh-huh. I've always, I always had a question about these doors. So mm-hmm. before the expansion, and I, unless you've been to the market beforehand, you're probably not going to know what we're talking about. But before the expansion, um, there were those doors, because that's, mm-hmm. that's where some of the fine, fine art or like paintings that I really enjoy looking mm-hmm. at. Um, and I'm like, God, this is a great place to take a picture. And these doors go to a 30-foot drop-off. <laughs> what do these doors do? What used to be out here? And so I'd sit and I'd ponder the magic doors. Like, where did they ever go? Mm-hmm. And turns out it was a bridge. Yep. It was and a it burned bridge. Down. Yeah. And it burnt down in the 70s. Oops. And then, yeah, there was nothing there for a long time. <laughs> so they're just like, the bridge is gone. It's just, you know what? To hell with it. Leave it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know why that makes me. <laughs> I know they're like, ah, oh, just leave it. Leave the doors. We'll deal with it in Turn 40 years. Turn them into windows. No, no, no. Leave them doors. They're fine. They're yeah. doors. Just lock them up. Make sure no one opens them. <laughs> like, okay. So what's cool with the market expansion is like, again, anything that's done has to be a 
you know, in line with the charter and mm-hmm. the history and all of that. So the new space, it had to be for uh, commerce. So there's new stalls. Um, it was a new community gathering, like, you know, just the mm-hmm. plaza to appreciate the views. Like that was kind of a new aspect. Yes. But it was important that it also supported the community. Yeah. So alongside the beautiful views of Elliott Bay, there's low-income senior housing right to the left. So there's 40 units of it um, where people, again, anyone um, who might be over the age of 55 is actually the threshold. So it's oh, okay. a lower barrier. I was going to say, 55, I wouldn't do that to many 55-year-old people I know. Right? I think I'd get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there's 40 units. So mm-hmm. it was essentially creating amazing housing f- with views yeah. for, again, sometimes formerly homeless um, or low-income folks. Um, and, you know, one reason why we're kind of really specific with helping seniors is Mm -hmm. because senior homelessness is actually way more prevalent than people know about, you know, and you can work an entire career and have uh, a whole life and a family and a series of things can happen. Like you have an injury, you break a hip, you lose your job, uh, you can't pay your mortgage, suddenly you're sleeping in your car, right? Yeah. Um, And so it's really nice to be able to provide housing um, for people who deserve it, who've lived an entire life and may have been dealt a bad hand. But what's really yeah. cool is this beautiful area has housing there too. Um, and then my the Market Foundation, we were able to open a neighborhood center down below. So um, there's this place called the Market Commons where okay. people can go and find out how to get access to help. So we have our office where I work is right above where the fish throwers are. And so we're oh, kind of, yeah. You're up there. Yeah, I'm up there, the third floor of the cool. economy building. Yeah. So, but we're tucked away and we're working, you know, we're, we're yeah. um, planners and fundraisers and all of that. So we never really had a place where people could come and find out how to get access to the resources that sure. they need. So now we have this community space where people can come and get help or they can hang out. And especially a lot of the low-income seniors who live there, um, many of them experience isolation. Sure. So their families don't live nearby or maybe they don't have any family or have health or social issues that maybe they experience. And um, so it's been really great to help provide social interaction. And I think that's incredible that you added not that you added, like this had to be a part of it to keep true to the charter, but so easily it would have been like, oh, we just want to make more money and get more butts out here. Oh, yeah, because those units, I mean, if they were condos, they would be very pricey, so millions expensive. of dollars, right? Yes. And instead, it's a place for somebody to live their life, the yeah. best life possible. So that's kind of our, our mission, actually, is to nurture the thriving market community so that everyone within it can live the best life possible. I love it. And the new vendors out there, I, I'm loving the stuff that's that's out there mm-hmm. because it's like, how many more stalls were added? I think like 17. Nice. Yeah. So you get a little more flavor. And then I actually performed for one of the weekend dealies. No. Yes, you did. Of, I, the producer's market. The producer's market. That and you were lovely. Oh, thank you. It was nice to see you too. Thanks. I could tell you're also like thinking and working. And I was selling it, beer to raise money. Hey, easy sell, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's awesome. Yeah, the, you there were musicians playing on one end, and then we were doing some improv on the other, and then other really great musicians came in um, mm-hmm. after us. And yeah, yeah, the musician program's pretty cool at the market too. It's they're called yeah. buskers. I was gonna say busking. busking. I can't believe I haven't talked about busking yes. yet. Tell me everything yes. about busking. So busking is an official program of the market, just like selling crafts and 
and produce and things like that. Um, so basically, artists can come in and apply for a busking permit, and okay. it's an annual fee. I think it's like $35. It's not much oh. at all. Um, and basically, they can come in and sign up to perform that day, and there are little red musical notes painted on the ground throughout the market, and they're numbered. <gasps> You may have never noticed them. I never have noticed that. Take a notice next time you're down there. So there's designated spots where music can be played. So you can't just go down and play willy-nilly. Okay. Um, but you can rotate through those spots to playing just one-hour um, increments. So, yeah. I, can you call dibs for longer than an hour, or is it just like nope, an hour? it's just an hour. Part okay. of that is to provide opportunity, and part of it is actually for the residents. So they don't um, go crazy. Else, so they don't have to listen to the same thing all day long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And certain areas cannot have percussion because they're too close to the, mm. the apartments, um, and there's no um, amplified music. Right. And so, um, yeah. And the- that, again, is part of the preservation of the look and feel of the market because when the market first opened way back in 1907 they brought in musicians to play did they yeah and so that's why it's a part of it is because well music's always been a part of the market um it 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 adds a beautiful soundtrack yeah its own unique soundtrack sometimes you're going to get some of the most amazing musicians ever heard in your mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. The guy played the hammer dulcimer and I sang with him. And then there's a ukulele person and a violin lady. Mm-hmm. And that guy who comes down with the piano, like yes. a, with an upright piano oh, on wheels. He is incredible. He's unbelievably talented. And where does he, how does he, I don't know. How does He's he get my that favorite thing around? And I've never talked to him. I like, I feel like I know him because I see him all the time, but uh-huh. I've not ever talked with him because, you know, he's always jam. He's headbanging yeah. while like standing and playing this most elaborate, beautiful music. And for me, I'm like, oh yeah, this is how, this is my da- yeah. daily work. Like I feel This is my blessed. BGM. Yeah. This is my background music. That's another good note. Make uh-huh. sure you tip. Uh, the the performers. Then, yes. If you stand there for longer than a minute and a half, if you stand there for longer than twenty five seconds, throw them what change you have, throw them a buck, anything. Yeah, because, because they're not a, making money. That's that's their time. They make money through tips. Yeah. Well, they're and, paying to be there. And just like every other sort of art form, it's mm-hmm. um, you're like, oh, well, I only listen to one song. Well, that one song took you know, 20 years of experience or like 10,000 hours of experience and time and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I just love, yeah. I, I love, pay those artists because mm-hmm. artists come, come and in a lot of shapes and sizes. And there have been some famous musicians who have um, oh, blossomed yeah? out of Pike Place Market. Oh, yeah? Uh, Brandy Carlisle is oh, one of the most notable. You don't? I don't. <gasps> but I also don't know oh. anyone, Tiffany. So. Oh, okay. I can send you a couple songs if you'd okay, like. Okay, so who's She's Brandy Carlisle? She's amazing. Okay. She's a female rocker, um, and she started by being a busker in Pike Place Market. Cool. And she was discovered there, and she would play different places like the Paragon and a few other venues in Seattle. Um, and now she she has been had a very successful career for probably 25 years, but I feel like she's kind of just had her big peak where she was nominated for Best Album of the Year in 2019. Oh, wow. Or whatever the most recent Grammys were, if that yeah. was 2018. Um, and she was the closing act of the Grammys that year. Wow. And she sang this song called The Joker, and it was one that is a performance that will give you chills. I encourage you actually to YouTube it because to see the live performance of her singing this live, and I hadn't heard the song either before that, 
And I just like got chills and I said, oh my God, this is amazing. And so that album is beautiful. And she's very supportive of the market and of the Pike Place Market Foundation because we helped her get, you know, she's giving back to her roots. So she's um, come and played at different events of ours in the past and she's, you know, helped in different ways. So um, that's kind of cool. Just recently... The Head and the Heart came and played a rooftop performance of free. So it's only happened now twice, and I'm really hoping that it happens more often. Right under the neon clock sign that we talked about earlier, um, the Head and the Heart just did a a live concert there to release their newest album. um, And there were just the whole streets were filled um, with people. And uh, Pearl Jam and Brandy Carlisle. So Eddie Vedder and Brandy Carlisle and... um, Another, uh, probably a bassist for some <laughs> successful Seattle band that I can't remember. They came and popped up like in the busker station a couple <gasps> months ago and played. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and lots of famous people. The one that I missed recently was James Franco. Oh. Was just there. So they always go to the fish throwers. <clears throat> of the course. fish throwers are the most, probably the most popular attraction of the Pike Place Market. So what's the deal with the fish throwers? Yeah. And the, hey, ho, hey, hey, hey. Two pound salmon, two pound salmon. Two right? pound salmon. Yeah. 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 I love them. So the reason behind that is, um, so Pike Place Fish is the organization and they've been around for, since I think like. The 40s or so. They've mm-hmm. there's been three owners um, in since its inception, um, which is something in the market people stay for a long time and then pass things on. Um, so Pike Place Fish, they were successfully selling fish, um, but they were doing it just normal style where a customer comes up and they say, I want this. I want a pound of clams. And then you say, okay, cool. So then the person selling the clams would get the pound of clams. They would walk all the way around the counter <laughs> to ring it up and walk all the way back. Mm-hmm. And uh, they realized that was pretty inefficient. And so um, one day it was, I think, a pound of clams and they bagged it up and he tossed it over the <laughs> counter and caught it. And they were like, hey, actually, that's something. That's a lot more efficient to have some people up in the packing area and the cash register and all of that and some people down mm-hmm. working with customers and, and getting the fish from the really nice ice and everything that's on display there. Um, and so they were like, hey, this is something. So that's how they they work now. So if somebody comes up and they say, I want two pounds of, um, you know, Chinook. Or what a copper salmon. river salmon. Okay. <laughs> um, they bag it up and they say two pounds copper river salmon, and then everyone else repeats it two pounds copper, copper river salmon. salmon. So it's a communication thing. So it's that not only just do people know something's about to fly over the counter, so they know <laughs> yeah. to watch for it, but everyone knows what's being sold, and you can help. Um, so if they say we need, you know, we need this. Um, Chilean sea bass, and somebody's buy this Chilean sea bass, they can grab the Chilean sea bass. Chilean you know. sea bass. Yeah. Yeah. I've never stood long enough to, because usually it's one of the more crowded areas because mm-hmm. people love love the thing. They do. Um, so I usually just hear the hup, hey, ho, hey, yeah. and like the throwing of the things. And I've never thought about it being like a, a out of necessity. Yeah. Out of con- And or, um, so they do inlay. special um, tossing for tourists. They call it a TT, a tourist oh. toss. Oh, yeah. And um, they throw a big uh, sturgeon. I guess. Sturgeons are big. Sturgeon. Let's call it a sturgeon. Sure. And so they throw it throughout the day. They don't sell that sturgeon. Because they're throwing it with their bare hands. But they (laughs) keep them. They throw them in the freezer. They acquire quite a bit of fish. And then they bring it up to the Woodland Park Zoo and feed it to the polar bears. What? Yeah. 
so the sturgeon you see being thrown around today is going to a polar yeah, bear later tomorrow. Because they are 100% sustainable seafood. Um, so everything oh. that they get from Alaska or various areas, um, it's a, it's always in a sustainable process. And so they would never waste a fish. Yeah. Um, so the fish go right back to the polar bears. and. Oh, the more I'm learning about the market. Tiffany, Isn't that it's cool? great. Well, and... Um, also, this actually made national news, the sale of Pike Place fish. So this guy, John Legazamo, let's call yeah. him. It's not, not the actor. It I don't know. Be. He's got a great long last <laughs> name. I can't remember what it is. So he's owned the business for like 40 years or something, a long time. And he, it's time for him to sell. And that business is very successful and oh, very it? popular. Yeah. Um, and he could sell it for big, big bucks. Mm-hmm. But... What he chose to do was he sold it to four of his fishmongers. Um, so once people started at w- working at Pike Place Fish, I mean, these guys are celebrities. Like, yeah. they're hot stuff. And they work there. They work a lot of hours. They're cold. They're outside. They work six days a week. Um, oh, but there were four of these guys who had been working with him for 20-something years. And he, he said, I want to sell it to you guys. So he sold it for a fair price to these four um, fishmongers who are now owners of this. Are now um, partners in it. Yeah, of this business. So what? it's another example of like, well, okay, you can choose to do something. Sure, you can maybe make more money by selling it to somebody with deeper pockets. Or you can make that choice to help people, to help. Yeah. You know, these are men with families and young children and long careers of Ahead yeah, of them. And, and dedication to they've been there so yeah. long. And like and you to, said, it's not an easy job. It, it is, is not cold. an easy job. It is wet. Mm-hmm. It is a often slimy gig. So, And that's another one of those, too, where people are coming down to take photos and they're like, we also sell fish. Like, you can buy things from us. We can <laughs> give know. you some amazing smoked salmon that you can munch on while you're walking around <laughs> in the market. They have this, what they call, like, trail mix, which uh-huh. is little bits of... Um, of hard smoked salmon, so that's kind of like caramelized. Oh, um, that you can munch on, and like hikers take it on hikes oh. because it's the way that it's cooked. It's smoked, so it doesn't have to be refrigerated, and it's delicious and full of those really good salmon oils. Mega free oils, yes, maybe all that could be. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. not typically a salmon gal, but you mentioned. Anything that's related to trail mix, I'm wi- willing to yes. give a shot. <laughs> and one of them, I don't think it's the main fish. They're they're like down half, like halfway. Yeah. Are there those are two different ones? Yeah, they're okay. three different main fish. Um, okay. They're different businesses. Yeah. Okay. They have like those little cups of which I think is brilliant. Of mm-hmm. like, here, do you want shrimp some cocktail? cocktail? <laughs> shrimp yeah. cocktails? Yeah. <laughs> so you feel really fancy. I'm like, oh, I'm having my shrimp cocktail. And they'll even have like crab cocktail too yes. so it's like fresh dungeness crab and you can just fork it and it's oh my god <laughs> just fork just it fork y'all it. just get in there fork it <laughs> you'll be glad you did i guess we kind of talked about it like all the amazing things is there anything in particular that made it a tourist track attraction or made it famous or is it just like all of those things of it being a cool place and people are I like think i want to go there it's just kind of all of those things okay. um 
And it is, yeah, it's a major tourist attraction. I just read it's the 33rd uh, top visited tourist location on Earth. On Earth? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So 33rd. Yeah. That's a good number. People come to Seattle just to go to the market. And I think a big part of it is the authenticity of it, right? Mm -hmm. And the amazing food and the shopping. Um, But I think it's just, it's so unique. It's it's not the largest market by any means, Mm -hmm. but it is the longest um, continuously operated market in the world. So 112 years with no major disruptions they take two days off a year thanksgiving and christmas oh yeah. it is closed mm-hmm. i'm obviously not shopping on those days because yeah. i'm usually with family yeah and so i wouldn't know okay yeah. good that's good yeah yeah it's okay yeah. to take a break yeah <laughs> but i understand like you're not working you're not making money i get it yeah so yeah. oh interesting mm-hmm. and okay the bronze pigs oh yes is that a seattle thing or a market thing it's a market oh. foundation. Thing. It's a market foundation. A market That's foundation. you. Yes. So there's these two beautiful bronze piggy banks. Uh-huh. So they're piggy banks to raise money for the community. So every quarter dollar, she gets some 20s. She loves Ooh. 20s. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's a donation right to the community. So all does of Does she this... have a name, the pig? She does. <gasps> Her name is Rachel. Rachel? Yes. She's Rachel <laughs> the piggy bank. Um, so she was sculpted and created by an artist named oh gosh georgia gerber no i just had her name um you can always tell me later her last name is gerber anyways she is a by gerber by gerber we say rembrandt we say da vinci you know what i mean we don't say first names of artists it's a pig by Gerber. Gerber. Yes. It's a Gerber pig. Um, <laughs> and she was made for the Pike Place Market Foundation to have a piggy bank in the market. Oh. And um, Georgia Gerber, I'm pretty sure, Gerber um, is an amazing <laughs> uh, uh, artist and sculptor. And she made Rachel off of a award-winning pig who won the Whidbey County uh, Fair Best Pig of the Year that year. I think it was 1986 or something like that. And um, so it was modeled after this huge, like, 550-pound pig. That's a big pig. Yeah. She was known for um, having floppy ears. Uh-huh. Not all pigs have floppy ears, but you'll notice that Rachel has yeah. floppy ears. And the award-winning pig, her name was Rachel. She's quite iconic, and um, she helps raise about $20,000 a year. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good piggy bank. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, again, to support the services and, and the community, too. So if you're feeling... Uh, it, a lot of people like to rub her nose for good luck. Uh-huh. Say rub her nose, drop a bill in there. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll give you... You heard of wishing wells or, like, mm-hmm. wishing fountains and people throwing stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And she has a cousin now. Her name's Billy. Mm-hmm. And she's a she, but it's Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E. Okay, got it. And um, she lives out on the new market front, and she's sitting. She's also modeled after Rachel okay. <laughs> because they have their cousins. <laughs> um, and she's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you have the perfect pig, it's like it's like the David. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Michelangelo's David, you have Rachel. Right. I, I see them as the same mm-hmm. of their beauty. And actually, it really is a great sculpture of a sweet, yeah. sweet little yeah. pig. Also Giant very photogenic. Pig. 
Also very photogenic. There are two sets of stairs right there. So I'm like in a lot of those pictures just trying to go downstairs. Yes. I've oftentimes thought that like how many pictures am I in the background and like walking, you know, like the Where's Waldo? I'm sure Someday there will be technology that will identify that. Uh, But um, Rachel once saved the market. How? Well, there was a taxi cab going the wrong way down Pike Place. Oh, no. And going rogue and would have plowed into Pike Place fish with the fish throwers right behind Rachel the pig, um, but ran into Rachel instead. Stopped. So stopped because it would have ran into the poles that hold up <sighs> the um, overhang and everything. It could have gone into Pike Place fish. Would have done a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, it did damage Rachel. Oh. So she had to go out to what we called her spa mm-hmm. out in Woodby Island. To get recast um, a get, little bit. <laughs> yeah, repaired. And she came back. But she saved the market. Wow. She's so heroic. She's a hero. She's really. I think the coolest thing about the market is the community. Mm-hmm. So not everybody knows this necessarily. But again, with all of the people who live there, but also the people who work there. So um there's this amazing sense of community once you are a market person. Yeah. And, you know, I've worked in the market now like about five years or so, performed longer, but been in the market during the day. And it takes a while, right? You know, but um, what's amazing is that there are so many people who have spent like their entire lives in the market and have dedicated their entire lives to it. Um, there's people who have met, you know, their spouses and and raised their children in the market. And, um, a common story is the babies in banana boxes. So especially, <laughs> what? yeah, especially in the eighties, um, the parents, you know, would have their children and they can't afford childcare, especially when you're a working artist and not making yeah, much course. money. Um, so the babies would sleep in banana boxes underneath the tables. And even, in fact, one of the guys who just purchased Pike Place Fish, he was a banana box baby. So he was born and raised in the market. And, um, there's a lot of people who are like that and you get to know people and it's a really great community. And I've even talked with people who maybe are Seattle transplants who Mm -hmm. don't know a lot of people and, um, have said, if I didn't work in the market, I would probably would have left Seattle by now because it really is kind of a family feel. Yeah. And being behind the scenes in something so iconic and so bustling and so crazy, you know, people really bond. And there's a certain type of person that works in the market. Um, and there's a lot of crazy personalities. And <laughs> there's some wacky ones. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of uh, opinionated people. There's a lot of... <laughs> You know, big personalities, but um, that's what I think is the coolest part. And now that I feel like I'm part of the market community, it's just so rewarding and fulfilling. And I feel cooler because of it. Like now that I I can say hi to the the fish guys and the artists, Mm -hmm. um, it takes a long time because there's, you know, a lot of people in there. But um, that's that's really neat. It's definitely some some cool like no I work I work here mm-hmm. like that feels that feels so cool I imagine it's what it feels like to like when I was at Disney you know what I mean I'm mm-hmm. like I work here like this is yeah. mine this is I'm mine. a cast member I'm a cast member so yeah. it just it has that like sense of like ownership and I belong and like this is my house and mm-hmm. I'm that feels awesome well and helping each other out you know there's actually this really cool thing which we call the community safety net mm-hmm. and it was started by the the crafters or the day stallers is what we call them. Um, one day there was a person, a, a crafter who ran into 
I think had a medical emergency mm. and they did kind of a pass the hat and uh-huh. said, hey, we want to help this person out. Let's pass the hat. And some of these um, crafters got together and said, let's make this an official thing. So we now have an official thing called the Market Community Safety Net, which the Market Foundation owns, which is a special fund that people put money into. And then anybody who works or lives within the market mm-hmm. can apply for emergency financial assistance. Wow. So if somebody has a sudden medical bill or um, recently there was a farmer whose tractor um, broke down mm-hmm. and the person couldn't pay for it to be fixed and it would have affected the livelihood of their business. Absolutely. And so they can apply for these grants and will basically pay a big bill for them. Um, wow. So it's it's pretty neat that it's really, again, like people looking out for each other, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's, it's all to, to help, which is cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a brilliant idea, because if, you know, you have to do it all the time, like pass the hat each time, yeah. it's easier or yeah. probably makes it more sustainable to have it be a, a thing mm-hmm. that is consistently yeah. there. Yeah. And how beautiful and thoughtful that is. Yeah. I was going to ask if there was anything in particular that one had to do in order to become an artist or a, a day staller. Yeah. Yeah, definitely they do. Um, everything has to be handmade. Okay. An original design. And so they go through a, a pretty extensive vetting process. Of, really? Um, yeah. A few, I want to say once or twice a year they have, um, you know, okay, it's time for applications and you can apply to sell in the market. Mm-hmm. And the market, um, the commercial team will go and visit the studios where things are being made. Oh, wow. To ensure that things are being made and um, original and all of that. And um, Good. So, yeah, there's very high standards. And there's also seniority in the market. So, mm-hmm. like, pretty much once you're in, you can keep coming back. And the booth placements are determined partially on seniority. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're kind of uh, assigned every single day. So when you go to the market one day, you might find this amazing pair of earrings and it's in this uh-huh. one spot and you're like, oh, I'm going to come back tomorrow and you come back tomorrow and someone else is in that spot or they might not be there that day. So every day in the market is totally unique as far as what exactly you'll find, who you'll find, um, where you'll find it and all of that. So if you're there shopping and you like something, get it. you should probably buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, definitely, definitely get it. <laughs> um, now the downstairs shop, I realize I haven't ta- asked you any questions about that. Is that yeah. that's own, its own deal? Yeah. So that's the down under. So there's d- <laughs> <laughs> you've the down heard, under. You've, <laughs> down under. Yeah. Uh, you've heard of the upside down. This is the down under. <laughs> yes, the down under. <laughs> so, um, it, it, yeah, there's a bunch of stores. There's really great place like Golden Age Collectibles and there's that barber. Um, Hands of the World. There's a, there's a barber. Yeah, yes. there's a barber. See, there's so many places. Um, I so, only find him every now and again, though. I'm like, I swear there was a barber. And then I'm like, oh, he's here. It's like Brigadoon. Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> yeah, there's like a palm reader down there, too. Yeah, yeah. It's a fabric sh- shop. So what's interesting is... What we've been talking about mostly is the craftspeople or the day sellers yeah. that are setting up in the booths. The doors with or the, the stores with doors uh-huh. have different rules, uh-huh. so they're more they're able to order things and um, sell things that are made by other people. Sure, so they have different rules. Um, but again, a lot of those businesses have been in there for a long, long time. Yeah. You can yeah. tell by the dust on some of them. Yeah, I'm like, you've been here and you, forever, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> 
Don't clean now. It's yeah. too late. It's too late to dust. <laughs> and there's ghosts <gasps> in the market. Too. There's ghosts. There's ghosts. There's a lot of them. Oh no! Are they chill ghosts? Let's say they're chill. Okay. Yeah. They feisty, feisty ghosts. They're feisty ghosts. Well, there's the there used to be um, a crematory, crematory where Kells the Irish bar is. Oh. So you'll see, apparently they have quite a bit of ghost activity there. Oh. Uh-huh. Spooky. And recently, there was this walled-off area of Kells, which is an awesome Irish bar, and um, they had uh, some sort of electrical fire, and it affected this wall. So they tore down this wall that had been up there, like, since the 40s. Uh-huh. And do you want to know what they found? I do. They found jars of... Of body parts. No. Like preserved body parts in like, what is it, formaldehyde? Yeah, formaldehyde or whatever. whatever. Yes. <gasps> it was like an entire area full of jars and all of these crazy specimens <gasps> and it had been boarded up since the 40s. Tiffany! Isn't that crazy? What do, what do you do then? What do you do? Or you're like, is this your hand? Like, what do you do? I know. Well, they freaked out. They knew something was probably shady back there because they knew it used to be a crematorium. crematorium. Yeah. Um, oh. And isn't that nuts? That was like earlier this year. I'd still be running. I would I would be running. I wanted to run in there and see it with my own eyes. Like, I, I don't do know too. what they've done since. Did they... They had to have preserved it, you know? Oh, I I mean, but they have to do something. That's a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I guess put up a rope. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I know. I should go ask, see what's been happening. Wow. Crazy, right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming and talking to me about Pike Place Market. I've had so much fun. Have you had a nice time? (laughs) Yes, I'm so glad. Thank you for coming. We've learned oodles. We know what to do. There are so many stories to think about Mm -hmm. and food to enjoy and artists to see and enjoy their work. I'm just... Well done. Good job, you Thank and the you. foundation. Thank you. You are just a wonderful host, and Ooh. I've had so much fun with you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. And now I'd like to invite you to arm fart with me. I would love to. Or fart however you like. Like I said, I like to fart on my arm. It's the key is loose embouchure. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped out because yours was so strong. It was juicy. (laughs) Thanks, Tiffany. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Okay, bye. Bye.